Welcome to Fireside with Foxcake, podcast for professional public speakers. I'm your host, Richard Roger, the founder of Foxgate.com, which is an online community and service for speakers and event professionals. In each episode, we sit down for an intimate fireside chat with people in the public speaking community to learn how they have mastered the art of getting up on stage and speaking in front of an audience. If you're an aspiring speaker, or just want to improve your on-stage performance, this podcast will help you learn from some of the most accomplished and interesting professional conference speakers. My guest today is Natalia Vihovsky, who holds a PhD in philosophy and social science. Natalia decided to change her life and career by moving from her native Germany to Dubai and becoming a personal branding strategist. She's also a certified digital marketing professional and a Forbes Coaches Council member. Natalia believes that personal branding can be the key to having a dream life and a career of purpose. So join me today for a fascinating conversation. Natalia, it is fantastic to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining me on the Fireside with Boxgate podcast. Thank you for this great opportunity, Richard. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Fantastic. Well, we're going to be talking about uh, public speaking. You, of course, are a professional public speaker. Maybe you can uh, cast your mind back to one of your best performances. Uh, let's talk about that first. Why did it go so well? What was the, what was the magic that made that particular talk um, so great? The magic happened when I allowed myself to be the true, quirky, crazy person that I am around my best friends. So the person that I am when I would be at the kitchen party or when I entertain or make fun of somebody. And I, I could see that during the speech that the part in me wanted to come out but it was a rather formal environment. And uh, so the other part was like, no, you can't do it. It's a, it's a corporate environment. And then, you know, while I was talking, I had this internal fight. And at a certain stage, I, I decided to just go all in. I need to test it at a, at a certain stage. And the audience loved it. I had wow. a Q&A and questions for an hour after that offstage. So by breaking the rules, I guess. Yeah, by by being crazy, like doing more mimics and gestures than a professional speaker would maybe do, <laughs> and uh, by by adding a lot of humor into a topic that is rather very dry. So by making a fool of myself and by making it all about the audience and allowing them to laugh. Um, this is where, where the magic happened and where understood you need to do exactly that. Stop trying to, to do that thing that everybody else does. That was, that was a huge insight and lesson learned for me. It's interesting that you said um, once you started to make a fool of yourself, you gave a really great talk because that's most people's fear uh, is making a fool of themselves on stage in, in front of others. Mm -hmm. And you have to start somewhere. I mean, you have to start off as a bad speaker. Yep. 
Absolutely. That's the only way how you how you learn, right? Ah, I mean, there are also there are a lot of similarities also when it comes to posting and social media, you know. Uh, oh Natalia, in the beginning nobody will see it or I will not get a lot of people in front of me. And I always say, that's fantastic because you can make all of the mistakes and nobody's going to see it. So in the beginning, say yes to every speaking opportunity anywhere and just do it and do it in good so that you sharpen your message that you understand where you can improve that you record it and then watch it it all everybody just starts somewhere and i for example started at a um, at an organization called toastmasters international so they are the world's leading nonprofit organization when it comes to public speaking yes. and i literally forced myself to deliver a speech every two weeks and that speech was between five to eight minutes long and i was shivering and i was sweating and i was almost crying and i hated it but i did it for one and a half years and eventually you know, did it to an extent where people would then say, hey, we like what you do. We want to book you and pay you for speaking. And I was like, what? Are you real? That's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I I believe Toastmasters is good because you get feedback. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. you get you, know, you get feedback on the content, but also on your body language. You also get a manual that guides you every week and teaches you something new. So in the beginning, it's just about getting out there without dying on stage. Yeah. And the next time you make sure that you speak in full sentences. And after that, you learn about structure and then you learn about body language and about vocal variety and about storytelling, et cetera, et cetera. But again, everybody starts with a speech that is called the icebreaker, which is all about stand in front of 20, 30 people and give your best to not knock out, die, cry, or whatever. <laughs> Just survive. Exactly. <laughs> survive. Wow. Uh, I, yeah, I've noticed that about people who have been through uh, Toastmasters, that they give incredibly well-structured talks. Mm. That they, they're, they're very clear in their thinking, the way they put it together. It's quite noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's a fantastic tool. And then later on, you can decide if you want to go by that structure or if you want to change it again. And I mean, in the end, this is just one concept of many. And you then need to add a huge portion of you to make it unique and interesting. Yeah. And, and, and had you spoken or performed on stage before you went through Toastmasters? Or was that, was that the first time that you practiced those skills or had that experience? Well, I used to be a professional dancer, so I used to dance Ah, a lot. So the stage for me was always my home, but it's a huge difference between dancing um, and and speaking. I don't know, because for me, I also performed as a soloist, as a a solo dancer. Um, But I knew that there was music and I knew that I could express myself and no matter what I would do, I know that the stage is mine and I'm charismatic and just looks good and looks dynamic. While I think when you're on the stage for the first time, your biggest fear is to, to not look stupid or to look stupid. Right. Yes. And that could never, ever be the case as a dancer. You would always look gracefully because you've trained so hard and nobody knows your choreography. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. But nobody knows what the mistakes are. Mm. (laughs) You just keep going. Yeah. It's interesting to think about that because when you start out, of course, you're not uh, start out speaking. You're not as uh, you're you're not quite as well trained. And I, you know, if somebody looks at your uh, videos now, you're completely smooth and professional. But uh, another lovely question that I always ask people is: uh, Let's also go back in your memory to um, 
your worst public speech, you know, a time when it really went badly wrong. <laughs> I think that was my first workshop. <laughs> <laughs> it was like one person showed up. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, well that's still a talk. I'm not, is, that, is that a talk yep. or a conversation? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, wow. it was one person showed up, but my uh, photographer and videographer was also there, so it was two people. And then uh, two people who were just randomly at that location said, "Oh, we're not doing anything anyway." So, you know, in the end, I had three and a half sort of people. Fantastic. Okay, right. that's an audience. That's an audience. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, it was it was horrible because I I was nervous and I was disappointed and I didn't know if I should just cancel it or go through it. And it was at that stage where I still was using cue cards and to make things even worse, it was in a public cafe and it was um, like a green space where everything is organic and vegan or whatever. Um, and it was a talk about change and how to become the best version of yourself. So I was standing there in the grass and ants started to run up my legs and I needed to stay professional and wasn't allowed to touch my feet and my legs and my knees and and they were running and there were more and more and I at a certain stage I just couldn't stand it because it was itching and I didn't want to get them higher than my knees and I said I'm so sorry but I actually have ants running up my feet so I need to remove them because it drives me insane. It was a horrible moment. <laughs> okay, Natalia, you win. That is uh, that is the best worst talk <laughs> story yes. I've heard on this podcast so far. Yes. Literally having insects crawling all over you while yep. you're trying to talk to three people yes. in a crowded cafe. Um, yep. You win. There's <laughs> yep. a gold medal for for. for uh, it was, uh, the worst starting speaking experience. Uh, that's yeah. definitely up there. Uh, yeah. You survived, though. You see, I, I survived. And, yeah, you know, I, I know that whenever I'm in doubt, I remind myself of this first speech in this public green open air cafe, and I said, "Hey, it can't get worse." No, I don't think. I don't think it can. Uh, there's an important lesson here, which is that when you get on stage, you are a performer, even if you're just giving a technical talk or, or a business talk, uh, your job is still to perform and to finish the performance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and as a performer, the biggest mistake that we make is that we think that it's all about us and we need to look good. Mm -mm. It's about the audience and, you know, they gift us with their time. So we need to answer their questions. We need to, we need to make them laugh. We need to wow them and we need to connect and bond with them. And the easiest way to get there is by actually being you. And I know it's a journey to become the real you and that it only you only reach there when when you start one day and by actually reminding yourself before every talk before every preparation it's not about you it's about them do it for them they are your tribe they are your crew they are your community this is when you're going to make an impact and this is how people will fall in love with you and this is how they will then book you over and over again yeah. And I suppose one question that comes to mind is, uh, you say it, it's important to be yourself. How? How do you get to, you know, you're up on the stage and you have to remember all these things and you're feeling nervous and you're trying to remember your points that, that you're trying to make in the talk. How do you get to the place where you can be yourself? Um, and why do, why do so many people struggle with it? I think we are raised in a way that from a very, very young age onwards, 
we realize that we are punished for being the true person that we are. Mm. So for example, as a child, we're, we're dancing funny in the streets and then somebody would say, stop doing that. Yeah. Or we just, you know, throw ourselves on the floor and cry. And then people are like, just don't do it or whatever. Or you, um, you express your emotions because you're this beautiful, innocent little creature and being. And you understand that when you do that, whenever you do that, not whenever, but in the majority of cases, you get punished and people say you don't do it. So you don't want that because we're social beings. So this is how you hardwire yourself to be like other people because, again, you, you want to be part of that whole tribe and and you need to do that in order to survive especially back then but it's still hardwired into us yes so i think the older we get the more mature we get the more we understand that other people don't care so much about us and the thoughts that we have in our mind are just drama and 80% or 85% of the things that we think will never happen anyway and I think we also need to suffer enough in life to please people enough to understand that this is not the right, th this way of living will not make you happy. And that the ultimate goal in life is to do what makes you happy, somehow contribute to society, and then, you know, live a life full of experiences. So I think it's a maturity thing and a suffering thing. So you need to suffer enough until you change because change is pain. So at a certain stage, you will realize, okay, enough of that BS. I don't want to do it anymore. And this is then when, when you allow yourself to be, to be you. But I think one of the best ways to train that is to, to do one thing every day that scares you that that gets you closer to the true you you used to be as a child i think it's very easy if you uh, you know learn some skills and build a career it's very easy to to go into work each day and do the same thing mm -hmm. because you're comfortable and you have you're good at your job mm. i think that's a dangerous place isn't it absolutely because you do that what for 30 40 years and then you call this a life with all my respect yeah. i think that life is so much more i mean if you are in that job and it is your if you feel super fulfilled and if you're healthy and if you really think that this is everything that you can have and be and deserve stay there if you say no to anything that I've just said, there is more. You can be more, you can contribute more, and you can live a more successful, a more like a healthier and a more balanced life. And I think everybody of us has is an expert in something, has some skills in something. And and it's our duty at a specific stage in our life to share that with the world, to contribute with, with others. I mean, maybe even share it with the next generation of aspiring whatever, you know, yeah. technicians or singers or um, public speakers or whatever it is. So um, you actually owe society or the world uh, your knowledge and one of the best ways to share it with the world is through writing so blogging or through speaking and this could be either in front of the camera and then you know youtube or linkedin or instagram or whatever or on stages so yeah see it as an yeah, opportunity yeah and it is um uh, i'm putting my engineer's hat on now um if the advice is to do something dangerous 
or something difficult every day, public speaking is an excellent, very efficient way to do that because you get multiple opportunities to do something that you consider dangerous um, without it being too difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dangerous is, I don't know if dangerous is the right word. There's something that gets you out of the comfort zone. And uh, I think one of the best ways to train that is literally Instagram stories because the stories are only 15 seconds long. So if you start with recording a 15 seconds Instagram story every day, you know, you get yourself out there and it's gone after 24 hours. Fantastic. And if you say, yeah, but I don't like my face. Or I'm not really charismatic. Then use a filter. There are so many funny filters out there that will not make you look like you. And it will make the whole process, once again, not so painful. Give it a try. Yeah, this is an interesting new idea. So leverage the fact that it only exists for 24 hours. Yeah. The Instagram stories are a really interesting way to... Practice a very small bit of public speaking. Yeah. In a very safe way. And of course, if you make a mess, well, it's gone. Yeah. And you can always delete it. You imagine you recorded it and then you watch it and you don't like it, then you don't publish it. But I can guarantee you that when your target is to record one 15 seconds long video and you record it at the 20th time, at a certain stage, you're also annoyed and exhausted. So you will press the record button. And that's also part of the game. Yeah. Wow. That's a really interesting idea. I mean, that's what we look for uh, in this podcast is, is kind of ways for someone who is an aspiring speaker to, to find pathways to becoming um, perhaps not a professional speaker like yourself uh, in terms of their full-time job, but certainly uh, to be able to speak professionally. Let's just change to, to a different subject. Um, it's interesting to understand the life of someone who is a professional speaker. Um, and I know you do, it's just part of what you do. Um, but it, it's very interesting to understand perhaps two typical days in your life. Uh, and let's talk about a day where you are speaking at a conference and how you prepare and what happens during the day um, and leading up to the talk. And then another typical day where you're not speaking, but you're preparing or you're working on the personal branding business that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do those two days work? It'd be very interesting to have some insight into that particular career. Sure. So both days start very similar at 5 or 5.30 a.m. with a little bit of meditation, visualization and affirmation. Then I have a great breakfast. And then if it's the speaking day, what I do is for the next one and a half, two hours, I go through all of the slides once again. I and I train the speech. You know, I would say once, twice, thrice, depending on how long it is. If it's a forty-five mm. minute speech, I do it twice. If it's just fifteen minutes, um, yeah, I do it thrice. Um, yeah, and then I take a short break and I work on whatever needs to be done and um, relax a little bit. And then it depends if the speech is in the afternoon or if it's uh, in the evening. Um, before I, I deliver a speech, I make sure that I, I wear one of my favorite outfits that somebody did my hair in a professional way, ideally also my makeup, because that will make me move and feel in a different way. That's what I learned from yeah. myself. It's just that the small things that make you feel like, mm, I'm a superstar. And I'm going to entertain the hell out of you. Uh, So that's important that you end that, right? In that 
sphere or yeah your head your 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 mental state is very important isn't it yeah absolutely yeah and then i'm uh, i i meet with the the organizer um, i'm introduced to the technical team if there is one um, if there is a mic check i do that i forward them with the slides um yeah maybe go on stage to have a look at how i walk to the stage how i walk off the stage make sure if there's anything else that i need to know and um yeah you should and then wait until it's my turn deliver the speech and then um, spend a little bit more time for q a's it really depends if it's more a master class and i'm a guest speaker if mm. it is an international conference if it is a speech at a um, at a specific company, it really, really varies. So this is usually a, a speech day. And if I don't do that, then I, I work on improving my one-on-one coach consulting, which focuses on how do I build a thought leadership personal brand. So I read about it. I, I test things on my own brand. I'm active on social media. And then in the afternoon, I, yeah, I work with my clients one-on-one or via, by the internet. And in the evening, I usually just do some sports, cook something for the next day and, uh, yeah. end the day around nine 30. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, you're a pretty organized person. I have to say that's, uh, mm. that's, a, that's a lot more organized than my typical day. Um, I, I look that mental state, uh, issue I think is, um, is, is, is really important. I mean, one thing that I do, um, and, and, and perhaps I should do a little bit more along the lines of what you suggest is uh, uh, about two or three hours before I have to give a talk, I stop reading any emails or social media completely um, because, you know, if you're in business, it's very easy to get an email where there's some urgent action required or somebody's unhappy or even worse, uh, you know, a really good opportunity comes up. And then this idea is now in your head. Mm. Uh, I find personally that that messes with my um Ability to, to, to focus on the audience and, and deliver. Yeah, yeah uh, very deliver. true. So it's, it's, uh, I, I think that's another Im- important aspect. You can't be really, really busy and then suddenly give a talk. Uh, the talk has to be the focus. Uh, yeah, create your safe space. Yeah. It's interesting um, as well to talk about personal branding because that's your, I guess, your main business. Mm-hmm. And how it intersects with public speaking. Um, so maybe I, I think... Um, Especially since uh, a lot of our audience is, is uh, technical, maybe <laughs> let's start with the the, the, uh, the basics, the axioms of, of personal branding and just take us through what it is and the purpose of it and what, what it can do for you for somebody's career. I think the easiest way to describe it is a quote from Jeff Bezos who once said that your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. Yeah. So your brand is your reputation, but it's also your image. It's the way how you move, what you wear, um, what you say, what you post online, the feelings and associations that you trigger in people, all that is your personal brand. And then the second question that a lot of people approach me with is, why do I need one? And I say, that's, that's the wrong question because you have one, even if you don't like it. Because people will have an opinion about you. And instead of allowing other people and society to say who you are, you can actually get out of that victim role or out of that passive role and actually steer who you are and how you want to be perceived. And I help people with steering or shaping that thought leadership 
personal brand or image, however you want to call it. Because I've learned over the last years that there are specific boxes that need to be ticked in order to be perceived as a charismatic leader. And the people that I work with, what we have in common is we disagree with the status quo. We think that, I quote George Collin here, the status quo sucks. And that it's our job to not only challenge it, but to, yeah, to trigger change and improve change. And the best way to make this society a better place is by starting from the top and by not only working by example and leading by example, but by living by example. So yeah, my personal branding approach is from the inside out, online and offline. I'm hearing a great belief in the power of communication, the power of writing, the power of speaking to change the world. Absolutely. You need to spread your message somewhere. I mean, personal branding is part of marketing and marketing lives from from a message, from communication. So personal branding is your communications tool, your vehicle to share your ideas with the world. And then it's totally up to you if you want to express it through writing or speaking or ideally both. You know, when you're super shy and you have, a, I don't know how many lame excuses or fears, uh, then, then start with, with writing. But you will see that people will engage more with your video content online because this is also what's pushed by the algorithms by the algorithms nowadays you know that's the content that people want to see so create it if if this is a super huge fear then get a coach and pay that person to hold your hands and to pull and push you through that fear with all my respect you're not the only person on this planet with that fear. I mean, the fear of public speaking is the number one fear in the U.S. People would rather jump out of an airplane instead of speaking in front of other people. So there are experts who help you with that. And, you know, instead of doing everything on your own, hire a coach who is a catalyst, who is mental and emotional support, and who will find amazing exercises to get you to where you want to be. It's interesting that you touch on the sphere of public speaking, because that's the very last question that I wanted to ask you about. Why are people afraid to speak in public? Uh, is, is it related to the subject you were talking about earlier, about always being told no when you were a child? Um, and I mean, I, 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 I was afraid myself and then practiced public speaking and became less afraid. Perhaps it's just because I'm familiar with the skill set. I'm really trying to understand why, what is the... What is the underlying psychological reason in our modern society that people are afraid of public speaking? I mean, there are a lot of failures, but I think the two core ones are the fear of being ridiculed. So you're standing there and somebody's like, ha, 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 you're sweating, or ha, 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 you forgot your text, or ha, you look crap, Hmm. which is very unrealistic, especially when you're a grown-up. So the fear of being ridiculed or the fear of being a failure, so standing there hyperventilating and not knowing what you want to say. Um, It could be also the fear of of sweating. It could be the fear of, this is one of my, the fears of one of my former clients. She had the fear of breaking her heel on stage and it never Mm -hmm. happened to her, but it actually happened to me one day, which is hilarious. (laughs) Another story. Um, Yeah, I know. Crazy. But there are as many fears as human beings. And all of these fears are related to a past 
trauma, uh, trauma in a sense of negative experience that we had as a child or as a teenager. And instead of growing up and saying that little Natalia or that little Richard doesn't serve me anymore, I'm grown up, I'm taking ownership. We're clinging to that little old version who we were and we're hiding behind that child instead of crying it out, forgiving ourselves, forgiving the bully, whoever it was, and moving on with our life. Seriously, we cannot allow a negative past experience to ruin your potential. That's just waste of resource and, and your life. It is a waste. You're right. Mm -hmm. It is a waste. Um, okay, I have to. I have to say, please <laughs> tell, tell us about the broken heel. <laughs> let's, end on, let's end on that one. That's too good. To, that's too good to pass up. <laughs> sure. So I had a, a talk at a university once, and I was talking about the power of storytelling, and the heels that I got were very, very high. And uh, so I learned that whenever I move from one thought to another, I also move a few steps to the right or to the left side. And I'm taking my right foot and I'm lifting it. And I, as the second when I put it down with the heel first, I hear it. Oh, and no. Like, what do I do now? Anyway, I just continued, you know, walking, continued my three steps and just stood with all of my weight on the left foot and, you know... <laughs> The rest high heel. of the high heel that was there. And I continued oh. the whole speech, just didn't walk so much. And once everything was over, I went off stage and just got rid of these shoes first. And some people were like, what happened? And I said, well, my heel broke after 15 minutes. And they said, really? We didn't see that. I was like, yes, it's unprofessional. But it was a horrible <laughs> feeling. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, you know, that's the worst thing that could happen. And then it happened and you yeah. died. Yeah. Again, not, not, nobody saw it. No, in the majority yes. of cases, yes. nobody will realize it. It's just in your mind. It's just in your head. Absolutely. All the mistakes are just in your head. Um, mm. That is a fantastic, uh, it's a fantastic story uh, and, and thought to end on. Natalia, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us. Uh, it's been a great pleasure. You're most welcome. I really enjoy it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Just a few things before the embers fade and wrap up another episode of Fireside with Foxgate. You can find notes and links from this podcast at foxgate.com slash podcasts. We also publish a weekly newsletter on public speaking, selecting the best advice and techniques from some of the world's greatest speakers, both ancient and modern. Rhetoric is an old and revered art, not especially easy to master, but a skill like any other, one you can also learn. Visit foxgig.com newsletter to subscribe. If you've enjoyed this fireside chat, please consider subscribing to the podcast Please also leave a review that helps us make this podcast even better. If you'd like to contact me directly, please email richard at voxgig.com. If you'd like to be counted as a supporter, just let me know and I'll add you to our supporters page. Till next time, remember, take a deep breath, pause, and step forward.